I have a dear friend who is a professional runner. Yes, I said that right, professional runner. As in, he literally runs not because he enjoys listening to podcasts so much and has nothing else to do while listening to them, but he runs because it's his actual passion, and he even runs competitively. Be in Boston, Chicago, New York, <laughs> Jupiter. If there's a marathon somewhere, he's on the list, and rightly so. He's amazing, and he has really. Great hair as well, <laughs> Miles. I do hope that you're listening. I enjoy running, and it's something that I do、uh, three or four times a week. But it's less competitive and more creative for me personally. Running is where I get a lot of ideas from, and it's also just a place where I can kind of brainwash the day. All to say, Miles and I are two very different. Runners, obviously, I've never even run a 5K, and full disclosure, I have no plans of doing so anytime soon, or even later, for that matter. No offense, but I can imagine if I were to go visit Miles, who lives on the West Coast, and let's say he picks me up at the airport, and as soon as I get in the car, he goes, "Hey, I signed us up for a 5K. I thought it would be fun." Uh, what? Yeah, come on, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And instead of heading to the Sheraton, we head to the starting line. As night falls and I finally cross this finish line alone, dodging traffic as the street opened hours ago after all of the runners had finished, well, except one, Miles finally finds me. Granted, he would never leave me like this alone, but again, this is just a fictional story, so just go along with me. Hey, there you are! I'm proud of you. Running is not easy. Finishing the race is what matters, he says with a giant smile, freshly showered. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I say, sucking air like it was candy. <laughs> the thoughts begin to go through my mind. I obviously didn't train enough. Ugh, I'm not a good runner at all. Why am I even bothering? I'm never going to run again. I'm a loser. I'm going to hang these Nikes up as soon as I get home. And the downward spiral begins. Life is a race. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's a sprint. Sometimes it's a marathon. Sometimes we we lead the pack. Sometimes we barely crawl over the finish line, but at the end of the long day, when our head hits the pillow, what moments do we replay over and over again? It's usually not the "Oh man, I'm so happy I crossed that finish line," no matter how long it took me. But we're usually going down the "What a disaster I am." We're in our own heads. And it's easy to magnify our flaws and, and see certain things as personal failures, instead of picturing our highlighting reels. We only see our bloopers, our downfalls, our crawls. But how kind we are to ourselves! But I want to show you something. How kind we are to ourselves is as important as how kind we are to others. There's a great quote that says, "The greatest illusion is that life should be perfect."
I'm going to say that again. The greatest illusion is that life should be perfect. And I found this in this book that's just, just tremendous. I love it so much. When I need a little emotional pick-me-up that's easy to read and that's encouraging and it's just fun and super light, I, I pull from my bookshelf this book called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Please um, write this down because the book is so good. Again, it's The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. And it's a tale that begins with a lonely boy on a walk through the wilderness. Along the way, he's joined by a few animal friends who remind him of this amazing story that nothing beats kindness. It sits quietly beyond all things. Such a great line. Nothing beats kindness. It sits quietly beyond all things. As they journey throughout the story, each character becomes more compassionate towards the other, which then, in turns, makes them more compassionate towards themselves. Practicing self-compassion or, or learning other big life lessons, it can, it can seem like a huge challenge sometimes, and that can make you feel like you're braving the wilderness all on your own. But today, I hope to remind you that Everyone is a bit scared. Really, everyone is a bit scared. But we are less scared together. We all have plenty to learn, and we never have to go at it alone. I know sometimes it feels like we do, but sometimes all we need is a little bit of an encouragement, a little bit of togetherness, a little bit of kindness. Let me show you. I'm Chad Lawson, and let's calm it down in three, two, one. One special character in this book that has my heartstrings completely is a gentle mole who loves to eat cake. He shares my love language and delectables, but no matter if it's a coping mechanism or if he's celebrating, there's always cake. And... In the story, he reminds us that being kind to yourself is one of the greatest kindnesses. And it sounds almost cheesy because it's so simple. A lot of times we don't put a lot of significance in the simple because, well, that's so simple. That doesn't make sense. That's why it's simple. Being kind to yourself is one of the greatest kindnesses. But why is it so great? I mean, why be kind to yourself? And the truth is, no matter how well you think you're hiding your unkindness towards yourself, it shows. Do you know that? No matter how well you think you're hiding your, your insecurities, your self-doubt, your, 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 the way that you see yourself in a negative way, it shows. It shows in your words, it shows in your actions. And if we look at the most perspective for his love for cake. It, the thought came to my mind. Can you eat cake and be grumpy at the same time? I mean, really, think about it. Think about that picture. Can you have a plate in front of you with this delicious, gorgeous cake? And can you eat it and be grumpy at the same time? 
I mean, is it even possible? I mean, even if the the cake is too dry, or if the cake is lemon vanilla, when you really wanted raspberry chocolate, or maybe it didn't come a la mode. <laughs> Can you be grumpy and eat cake at the same time? I'm gonna say no. You have a smile on your face. You're happy. You're 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 saying to yourself, "Stop the world! I am going to sit and eat this delicious thing, this lovely pick me up that I didn't even realize I needed." Like when you're eating cake, when you're kind and gentle with yourself, it shines out of you, right? Think about it. When you're eating cake, you're smiling, you're giddy, you're happy. It's the same. When you're kind to yourself, it shows. It shines out of you like sunbeams, and you're radiant. And when you're radiant, you just can't stop yourself from treating others with this beautiful kindness. Hey, I'm eating cake. You should come join me. It's really nice. You say. It shows. And by simply thinking kind thoughts, by sharing your emotional cake. You open yourself up to sharing love, and sharing this connection with others. Now, this won't always be easy. I meant being kind to yourself and being kind to others. Well, I mean, sharing your cake isn't always easy either. But sharing kindness can feel a little embarrassing sometimes, especially if you're not used to self-compassion to begin with. Because if you're not really kind to yourself, it may be awkward to be kind. Others, right? And in the story, the boy he also felt a little silly about being kind. It made him feel vulnerable, to be honest. And as he's talking to this large but gentle horse, he he says, "You know, you know all about me, and you still love me." And the horse simply replied, "We love you all the more." Oh. We love you all the more. Here's the thing: when you're full of kindness, are you ready for this? When you're full of kindness, you don't pick and choose what parts of a person to love. I'm going to say that again: when you're full of kindness, you don't pick and choose what parts of a person to love. The horse didn't look at the boy and say, "Well, we like certain things about you." Some things you need to work on. No, he simply said, "We love you all the more." When you're full of kindness, you don't pick and choose what parts of a person to love. And here it comes. Here's the zinger, and that means yourself as well. The highlights, the bloopers—they're a package deal because every part of you is worthy of love. Every part of you is is worth self-compassion. Every part of you is worth cake. Of course, we can't talk about kindness without talking about love. I mean, what is kindness if not a form of love? The kinder you are to yourself. The more self-compassion you give yourself, it doesn't need to be extraordinary. Simple things like going for a run, <laughs> taking a nice warm bath, or even looking in the mirror and complimenting yourself on a good hair day, 
Love can be pretty ordinary. All that matters is that you and others can feel it, can recognize it. But as I mentioned earlier, sometimes sharing this outward, this verbal form of love feels awkward. It makes you feel vulnerable, almost as if it makes you feel weak, especially if we haven't opened that box of self-love yet. You want to share this cake, but you don't even know how. What do I say? How do I, how do I say it? Will it seem sincere enough? Will it seem too sincere? If it feels difficult to reach out and to tell someone that you love them or to share some kindness, let's go back to our dear cake-eating friend, the mole, for some advice. In the book, he tells the boy that if he feels too uncomfortable to say, I love you, then to say something like, I'm glad we're all here. It's powerful, right? There are so many other kind ways to say that I love you. It doesn't have to be those exact words. I'm happy I spent time with you today. Or, hey, you really brightened up my week. Remember the sunbeams that burst out of you when you're kind? When you have that radiance, all you need to say is, I'm so happy to see you. And the other person will feel that love. They'll feel your kindness all around them too. But still, let's admit it, on bad days, this kindness seems like a huge challenge. Someone mistakenly takes your lunch from the fridge, or they cut you off on the highway, or you spoke coffee on your favorite shirt. All that bad stuff that happens at random can make you want to shut the blinds and just go to sleep the rest of the day. Well, there's another book for that, actually. It's a kid's book called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. But what grumpy Alexander and you and I need to hear is this. One of our greatest freedoms is how we react to things. Did you hear that? One of our greatest freedoms is how we react to things. We can react from a place of kindness, or we can react from a place of anger. We can't choose both. It's like the whole cake grumpy. You can't do both. I'm going to say that again because it's so simple. Too simple at some point. We can reach a place of kindness or a place of anger, but we can't choose both. Feelings and, and, and emotions will fluctuate, and you may lash out every now and then. Nobody's perfect. But once you realize you can control your reactions to different situations, you'll be able to consciously choose to act from a place of kindness. I mean, it takes practice, and eventually it will become natural. And, you know, to quote the book, when the big things feel out of control, focus on what you love right under your nose. There's always plenty of things to love. Remember to look for them during these times. The storm always passes. And while you're hiding out, waiting for the clouds to go away, the love you have in your life, that's your shelter. That includes the love you have for yourself. And when you're really struggling, the kindest and bravest thing you can do is ask for help. You're not just saying help. 
you're telling yourself, you know what, I'm worthy of deserving and receiving help. What a kind, magnificent thing to say to yourself. Storms will come and go. They will. Remember that life is difficult. But there's a line in this book that I love so much that I actually I found the illustration on Etsy and I, I bought it and framed it. And it says, life is difficult, but you are loved. So powerful. And I want you to remember that. Life is difficult, but you are loved. If practicing kindness still feels difficult every now and then, and you still feel lost on this journey, that's okay. So did the boy on this journey through the wilderness. He tells the horse, we have such a long way to go, as they were going home. And the horse says, yeah, but look how far we've come. Remind yourself how far you've come. Imagine again that 5K from earlier, only this time running it, I got second to last place. Hey, I've made some progress instead of, uh, I lost again. Well, at least I put my shoes back on to try. It might be easier to be kind to yourself when you make small mistakes, like misplacing your keys, and a lot more challenging when you face a greater loss. Like, maybe, I don't know, not winning the 5K, even if you trained for it. But before you say to yourself, what's the point in even trying? I'm just a a factory of mistakes. Realize there's ups and downs. Remember all the ways you've made progress. It's incredibly easy to forget that every one of us is struggling with our own securities, our own missteps. Remember all the progress you've made. In the book, our friend the horse reminds us sometimes just getting up and carrying on is brave and magnificent. He's absolutely right. The characters in the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, they each have their own weaknesses. But just as they have their own things to work through, They each have a part in sowing into one another in ways that only they could do. We each have our own weaknesses. We each have our own strengths. It's a lot easier to be kind to yourself and to others when you know this to be true. When you're full of kindness, you don't pick and choose what parts of a person to love. And that means even yourself. To find more episodes of Calm It Down, hear the musical playlist from today's episode, or simply wanting to know where to send chocolate chip cookies, visit CalmItDownPodcast.com. You're not alone. You are not alone. This podcast was written and produced by yours truly, Chad Lawson. 
composer, pianist, and nationally recognized Sweet Tooth. And now something my attorney wants me to say. The views, expressions, and techniques in this episode are of my personal opinion and is not intended to, nor should they serve as a substitute for medical advice or a diagnosis rendered to you by your individual doctor or other healthcare provider. Only a licensed physician should evaluate your situation, provide a diagnosis, or render other medical advice to you, and you should only act upon the advice of such physician. Now, what I'd like to say. I am an extreme empath by nature, but my profession is that of a composer and pianist, not a licensed therapist or physician. I hear from thousands of listeners how my music has helped them through various stages of emotional needs, and I simply want to offer this and future podcasts in aiding those needs. To find a list of licensed professionals in your area, please visit CometDownPodcast.com. And finally, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. While it takes less than 60 seconds to do, its impact will last for years to come as every little bit helps in growing the awareness and the importance of emotional health. I'm Chad Lawson, and until next time, be kind to your mind, and join me next week as we calm it down.